0: Log Talk radio I stroll through the picture What I've left behind you want to I'm locked up in memories They all intertwine The memories living In my mind I know tomorrow Cause that dawn will come You will never know.
1: What you've done. Good evening, good evening, good evening, everyone. This is your host for tonight, Dr. Nancy Brown Willis. And it is such an honor to be here with you guys tonight. Such an honor. If you'd like to be part of this show tonight, please feel free to call us at 646-595-2118. Again, that number is 646-595-2118. Thank you for joining us tonight on NASCA's Stop Child Abuse Now radio show. NASCA stands for the National Association of Adult Survivors of Child Abuse. Again, I'm your host, Dr. Nancy, and I will be with you all for the rest of the night. How exciting is that? <laughs> We're in scan number three three eight seven, and to be quite honest, we don't have a topic tonight. Well, I have a topic. Anyone who joins is welcome to open up any other topic that they would like to talk about, because tonight is really an open panel show. Uh, and if you'd like to call in and join us, please call the. 646 595 number, and we would love to hear from you, okay? So, uh, again, let me just start by reading our NASCA mission statement, okay? And that is that we have a single purpose at NASCA, to address issues related to childhood abuse and trauma, including sexual assault, violence or physical abuse, emotional traumas, and neglect, and we do so with only two goals. One, educating the public, especially as related to helping society get over its taboo of discussing childhood sexual abuse, presenting facts showing child abuse to be a pandemic, worldwide problem that affects everyone, and two, offering hope and healing through numerous paths, providing many services to adult survivors of child abuse, and information for anyone interested in the many issues involving prevention, intervention, and recovery. And, you know, that's one of the things about NASCAR that I really love. I love the fact that we as professionals, we as survivor professionals, come together and really Create a safe space, number one, that we can really share in. And two, we're able to focus on healing, you know. I think it's important to talk about traumas. It's important to address the topic of traumas, But I think one of the heavier equipments in recovery is the healing portion. So tonight's show, tonight's show, will be my last show on a consecutive basis. I've been doing Thurs uh what is it Wednesdays. Uh every Wednesday. Now I'll be doing every other Wednesday. And if I need to fill in I will. But uh most importantly right now I'm I'm doing a lot of this and uh it's just a lot going on. So I will be on in between. But definitely every other Wednesday. So one of the topics I wanted to talk about tonight was forgiveness, you know, and when we think about the word forgiveness, I really like to, to know, and I'm going to come back to this for our guests, anyone who joins us tonight, but what is forgiveness? You know, when I think about forgiveness, I think about freedom, I think about peace, I think about releasing and letting go. That's what I think about when I start thinking about forgiveness. So now forgiveness is really letting go of grudges and bitterness, okay? When someone you care about hurts you, you can either hold on to the anger of resentment and thoughts of revenge or embrace forgiveness and move forward. Why? Because I believe that forgiveness is a choice, okay? Okay. You know, many of us have been hurt. I don't really know anyone who sit there and tell me that they've never been hurt by someone. Even if you're in kindergarten, right? If you're in um, kindergarten, and somebody takes your crayon, or if you're in high school and someone is uh, starting a rumor about you, or uh, you know, being a mean girl or a mean guy. You know, um, if somebody's trying to sabotage a project at work, or It's just not a nice supervisor, and many of us have experienced that, where we're like, you know, this person hates me, and they're showing that they hate me, and you know what? Let me just remove myself away from this person. So, you know, those things create wounds. They create wounds that can just really leave long-lasting effects of anger and bitterness, okay, and maybe even revenge. I've heard people talk about uh, how they're hurt, and how it can cause revenge. Now, I'm going to open up everybody's mic. If you have a loud background, please just mute yourself. Um, But I'm going to unmute all the mics on the show right now so that if anyone would like to join, thinks of anything that they'd like to say or has a question or a comment, you know, this is an open mic. I'm going to be running my mouth because I have to. (laughs) But if anybody at any point wants to join, and I'm going to unmute you, so if there's loud in your background, just press mute, um, you know, so that you are welcome to join, because I would prefer to have a two-, three-, four-way conversation than just be talking for the rest of the show. That's no fun. Um, but, again, you know, if you've experienced a traumatic experience, okay, uh, whether you are physically or emotionally abused by someone close to you, it's really really hard you know not to to deal with uh, forgiveness okay if you 've been constantly criticized growing up, a lot of our survivors of abuse share that that they went through a lot of um, criticism and, and rejection okay uh, definitely could leave long lasting wounds you know uh, but it 's definitely important to practice forgiveness because if you don 't practice forgiveness. Um, you know, it, it can have an effect on your on your health, and we'll talk a little bit about that a little later on. Um, but by embracing forgiveness, uh, you know, you could really embrace peace, hope, gratitude, joy. Uh, so it's definitely important to consider forgiveness, and maybe even learning, trying to learn how to forgive, how to go down that path, um, so that you can have physical, emotional, and spiritual well being. So now when we talk about forgiveness, again, you know, what is forgiveness? So forgiveness really means different things to different people. Um, generally, however, um, forgiveness involves making a decision to let go of resentment and thoughts of revenge. Okay. Uh, you know, if somebody hurts you or offended you. Um, It really is difficult sometimes to forgive, but forgiveness can really lead to uh, feelings of empathy and compassion uh, for the person that hurt you, because when you really start to think about the person who hurt you, you can really sometimes feel bad for them when you learn a little bit about their history, when you have some more knowledge uh, and insight. You can definitely some uh, type of empathy and uh, a compassion for your offender, okay? Forgiveness doesn't mean forgetting. Um, I've heard a lot of people say that, and it's true. Nobody's saying that you have to forget or excuse the harm that was done to you, uh, you know, or making up. Uh, you don't even have to make up with that person that caused you harm right away. That's not what it is. There's different types of forgiveness, you know, uh, we'll go a little deeper into it during the show, but then there's there's the worldly forgiveness, and then there's the forgiveness for people of of faith. I'll just say that to not get too into uh denominations, but I'll say people of faith uh who have uh who are grounded in god um they're at a, they do stand at a higher standard when it comes to forgiveness. And people who don't have a relationship with God many times look up to us like, okay, that's how you forgive people. Okay, that's why um, a lot of people are turned away from religion or they're turned away from anything that has to do with faith-based because they see some of the hypocrisy that many times we play. We ourselves play that. Um, well, we're not treating people in the way that we talk about the way that. Love is expressed, and really, really that godly love. Um, Many of us struggle in that area. We're not perfect. We're not God. Uh, So it is a struggle, but we're supposed to be every day after years of preaching and teaching, we're supposed to be setting a, a better example. So it comes down to forgiveness is a choice. You know, there are layers to it. You really cannot control people. You cannot control people. Mm-hmm. Um, so now I want to talk a little bit about what are the benefits of forgiveness. You know, when you forgive, you really are able to embrace healing and peace. And it's a really good feeling to embrace healing and peace. Now I'm going to tell you something. When we're talking about forgiving an individual, Reconciliation, as um, people of faith know that, really, that's God's heart. Thank you, Lord, for that reminder. Thank you, God. You know, God's heart really is about reconciliation. But if the person is still not in a place of um, they themselves are healed or delivered from those actions that hurt you, then you have to pray for them that they be delivered and healed from those actions that hurt you. Now, when they are healed and delivered from those actions that hurt you, and they come back in repentance and show that they're walking in change, that's when you are to practice the godly love and really, really, really practice reconciliation, okay? I'm just a messenger. I could be wrong, but that's the way that I, that's what I read and this is for people of faith-based. This is not for everyone. Um, again, <laughs> you know, I'm going to pull up something here. I have a lot of um, different notes for different uh, topics. But when we look at forgiveness, I wish I would have put these in order because I had a few different topics that I had to talk about. But when we look at forgiveness from the science point of view, okay. Uh, It says here Though forgiveness can help repair a damaged relationship It does not obligate you to reconcile with the person who harmed you Or release them from legal accountability Forgiveness does not mean forgetting Nor does it mean condoning or excusing the offense Now, I agree with that I I do Again, this is the science point of view Uh, Forgiveness brings the forgiver peace of mind and frees him or her from corrosive anger. Now, that's the Christian, um, or not Christian, that's the faith-based analysis, okay? Um, I wish I would have really got a chance to break this up because I'm trying to find that definition in a more uh, scientific base, and I, I did have it, but... um. I'm not going to spend too much time on that. All right. So I guess I'll go into that another time. But um yeah, so now what is um uh, you know, why is it so easy to hold on to grudges? Let's talk a little bit about that. You know, when you're when you're hurt by someone, particularly someone that you love, you know, someone that you love and you trust, it can cause a lot of anger, sadness, panic. It can cause a lot, a lot of confusion. Okay, um, and especially if you're like dwelling in that hurtful event or situations, you know, um, it, it, it could be really easy to be filled with grudges and resentment and vengeance and hostility. You know, those things can take root. Those emotions, um, and if you allow negative feelings to crowd. You know, that the positive feelings, then you might really find yourself swallowed up by your own bitterness or sense of injustice. So, some people are naturally more forgiving than others, which is true. Some people, like, I'm not gonna lie, I have um, been through some stuff, and I, if I see the person walking in their change and really coming with a pure heart, like, yeah, you know, I, I acknowledge my wrong, I forgive you right on the, uh, like when I said, for well, first of all, I forgave you before you said sorry, but then that if a person, I see you freely walking, like you're like, man, I've had somebody, I've had a few people come up to me before, like, hey, you know, I, I really want to just apologize to you, I know when I first met you, I mistreated you, and I just want to say sorry, and I said, that's okay, I love you, and ain't nothing, nothing you can do about it, and I gave that, you know, a couple of people a hug. And I told them it was okay because when they first met me, maybe they were just in an immature place and or judgmental because of the way that I looked at the time, and um, they were not very kind or welcoming or friendly or any of that. And they apologized, and I was I, I hugged them, kissed them, and honey, I forgot about it. Like the, the hurt, first of all, I forgot about. I I try to let go way before, but when they came to me, it was like this refreshing feeling of. Thank you. Thank you for acknowledging um, that you hurt me. But I'm going to tell you something. Sometimes you'll never get that from people. Sometimes some people will never come up to you and say, hey, I'm sorry for my part, and they don't know how to do that. Some people really struggle. They were never taught how to seek forgiveness. They were never taught how to say I'm sorry. They were spoiled, you know, and and so – they never even had to seek forgiveness from their own parents, and I can say that because I have one of my children who I raised like that. Uh, and so those things backfire on you; it really does, uh, because they they don't know as adults how to say I'm sorry, and so they, and then they do feel guilty, but then they go into a sad place, or or a distant place, or whatever place, because they don't just know how to be humble. And say, hey, you know what? I mistreated you. I'm sorry. What would God want me to do? How would God want me to deal with that offense? If you know that you did something wrong, you, you apologize and say, I'm sorry. Me, once I know that I'm, I did something wrong to someone, I like, I wash my hands and then I feel good because I'm walking like in a free newness in a new space. Um, so, you know, I'm just going to read a little bit here. I have a little note that says, you know, what are the benefits of forgiving someone? Again, like I said earlier, walking in freedom. For me, walking in freedom, not hardening my heart, um, not allowing the way that some people have treated me to completely cut people off, um, and not allowing the actions of certain people to cause me not to love people. And not to want to help people uh not not want to to see other people grow, you know, not allowing that uh, those feelings to pester and rot in my heart, and for those people of faith, uh you know being able to pray and seek God and know that he's not going to turn away from you because when you turn away from people and you harden your heart. God doesn't hear your prayer. I mean, you could put it in the altar all you want to cry and bah 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 and pray and cry and but you I walk by and you rolling your eyes at me or you looking at me saying all that praying that you did, it went in the dark hole. Because God's like, wait a minute. Come on now. I forgave you when you were being fresh. Why are you not forgiving other people? And again, this is for my base, my faith-based crew. Now, I'm not going to say that I have not struggled with that in the past, which I have, I sure have. But it's not healthy to do that. That's what we're talking about. It. Again, uh, what are the benefits of forgiving people? Letting go of grudges and bitterness can make can make way can make way for improved health and peace of mind. Forgiveness can lead to, I'm going to give you a few pointers here, healthier relationships, improved mental health, anxiety, less stress, less hostility, lower blood pressure, fewer symptoms of depression, a stronger immune system, improved heart health, improve self-esteem, better sleep, and improve improve your overall health. And those are really known facts. Uh, You know, we know that one of the top killers in America are stress and heart disease. Stress and heart disease. So this here is really important. Okay, so why is it? easy to hold the grudge. Why is it so easy? Not just easy, but why is it so easy to hold the grudge? You know, when you're being hurt by someone, particularly someone you love and trust, again, it could cause anger, sadness, confusion, especially if you're dwelling in the events of the situation, the grudges filled, you know, with resentment, vengeance, hostility, all of that. Uh, and so it is really important. Um. to really work on forgiveness. Okay, it's really important. What are the effects of holding a grudge? Let's talk a little bit about that. If you're unforgiven, you might bring anger and bitterness into every relationship and new experience. What is that? That's from trauma, right? If we carry on, Unforgiveness it can bring anger and bitterness into every relationship, even the new ones. Like I didn't do that to you. Why are you mad at me? You know. So it's like you're bringing bitterness, you're bringing hurt, and you're bringing resentment, and you're bringing unforgiveness. Maybe even something you heard that somebody did a long time ago, and you're like, girl, like boy. So sit down. Focus on yourself. Focus on your own relationship with God. You got a lot of things on your list that God needs to forgive you for. Focus on yourself because when you point one finger to a person, there are three pointing back at you. So if you see somebody trying to change their life and you're a person of faith, I'm not talking to the unbelievers because, and I'm going to tell you something, there's nothing wrong with being an unbeliever of faith, but you're not really held at the standard that people of faith are held on because their life is a representation of God. Their love is a representation of, of God. They're walking, talking, their feet and their hands are belong to God. They belong to God. They are the feet and the hands of God. So we're held at a higher standard. So when we mess up, we have to go seek the face of God. I don't when I mess when I mess up, mess up, I mess up every day on something else. Go see God, mind your business. Don't be there on social media clapping on people and pointing the finger and talking about them because you you can't even talk. You can't even just just stop. Okay. Uh, What are the effects of holding the grudge? Become so wrapped up in the wrong that you can't enjoy the present. You can become so wrapped up in the past that you cannot even enjoy the presence of what God is bringing into your life or what is coming into your life if you're not a person of faith. But the good things that are coming into your life, that's okay. You know, the good things that are coming into your life. You can also become depressed or anxious. That's one of the side effects of holding grudges, right? You can become depressed. You can become anxious. Feel that your life lacks meaning or purpose. Mind your business, stop holding grudges, get your life in order, because guess what will happen? You will focus on everything that you don't need to focus on instead of focus on your purpose. Focus on being a better you and focus on having a purpose. You're, some people get stuck on holding the grudge because they have no purpose, so they just have the energy to be stuck and stuck in the wrong place. hmm You know, um, you might feel that your life lacks meaning or purpose, or that you're at odds with your spiritual beliefs. Go find God. Go seek God. Let me say something that God loves for those believers, for the faith believers. God loves the challenge. He loves for you to say, God, if you're real, show me you. And I tell that to my clients. I have a lot of kids that I uh, counsel. I have so. They had a four-year-old. So he was so cute. He was so funny. It just, it brightened my day. It made me so happy to see him. But anyways, I have clients from all ages, older, younger, married couples. I had a married couple today. I have different, different people that I meet with. And so (laughs) I'm going to just tell you this. Focus on finding your purpose and focus on. Seeking God, And some of my teenagers, I had a client last night, we prayed on the phone last night, and we did a simple prayer. She said, you know, I I wish I, I prayed more. And I said, girl, I said, I don't pray like everybody else pray. I pray like how we talking. That's how I pray to God. And so I don't enjoy sharing that with people, but I enjoyed that intimate moment with her. And I said, well, let's pray together. And then I just did a prayer. I said, you know, Holy Spirit, thank you for loving me. Thank you for waking me up this morning. Thank you for allowing me to see another day, for giving me the right mind that I woke up today with the right mind. Thank you for allowing me to spend time with my children. Thank you, God, for forgiving me. Thank you for forgiving me and for healing me. Thank you for everything you're doing and everything you're getting ready to do, God. I thank you for what you're preparing me for, and I thank you for what you brought me through. You are amazing and you are wonderful. And I'm just blessed to be your child. Thank you for loving me unconditionally and making me special in every single way. Amen. And then I said to her, look, you could pray, even if you just pray a simple prayer. And then she got on, and she just started praying the simple prayer. There was no pressure. There was no eyes looking at us with an attitude like, let me see what she could do. There I mean, it was none of that. It was like a healing healthy safe environment and she started to just pray and her prayer was a simple prayer saying thank you to god and man i said to her you know what from now on i said let's try to remember every time we get on let's just say a prayer together even if it's just thank you god for your love amen good night let's do it together so we can just acknowledge his presence and he's happy. He's very well pleased. You don't have to do it like everybody else. You don't have to sound like everybody else. You are wonderfully and special in God's eyes. You're wonderfully made and special in God's eyes. And so anyways, that's what I worked with my client on yesterday. And I was just so proud of her. Um, and she's so old is she? She's 16 or 15, one of them too. We had a great session, okay? Uh, anyways, what are the effects of holding a grudge? Lose valuable and enriching, enriching. I'm sorry, connectedness with others. Those are things that can be affected, okay? Now, do you think that forgiveness is a sign of weakness? And this is a question that a lot of people ask. <laughs> I've heard parents when I'm sitting down with teenagers, some of the parents get mad because the kids don't have a clap bag. And these are my little spicy parents. They're like, yeah, I don't want her niggas because they're going to take her weakness for, her niceness for weakness. And I'm like, wow, you know, that's really how people do things. So it's, I mean, she was being uh, honest, you know, she was being right. She was being honest and she was right because the culture does uh, determine sometimes if you're really, really nice, you come in very mellow, you look at it as you're weak, which is crazy to me, but that's just the truth. You know, some people think that if you forgive, you're showing a sign of weakness, like you lost a battle. Mm-hmm. To forgive is to lift the burn-off negativity. To forgive requires being on a higher level than others. That's one thing people don't understand. When you forgive, you're actually on a higher level than others. Because regular people can't forgive. It takes a, a level of high growth, wisdom, God, love, patience, forgiveness, healing, gratitude to look at other people and, and say, man, I forgive you for real because you, cause you need it. I forgive you. I forgive you. I forgive you for real. I forgive you God's way. And there's a difference between I forgive you, I forgive you, God forgive you, I don't want to I mean, yeah. I forgive you, versus I forgive you, I pray that God blesses you, and and I pray that God heals you, and I forgive you for real, says I love you, and God bless you. That's God's way. Okay? Now here we have forgiveness is an act of strength, not weakness. When someone hurts us, it's easy to stay angry with them. It means we don't have to do the hard work of forgiving. When you feel fury rising, try saying this word, forgive you, and release both of us from emotional pain. I release the hurt and the pain. Try to say that I forgive you And release us both From the emotional pain I release the hurt And I release the pain Let me share a quick quote The weak can never forgive Forgiveness is The attribute of the strong That's by Gandhi Again that quote says The weak can never forgive Forgiveness is the attribute Of the strong And that is a quote by Gandhi. What is unforgiveness? How does it affect? Forgiveness keeps alive emotions of hurt. And it also keeps alive emotions of anger and blame, you know, which discolor your perception of life. Life, again, life is beautiful. Life is colorful. Life is to be lived, but it does discolor your perception of life. It makes it sad, gloomy, and um, untrustworthy everywhere. You're like, ah, you can't trust nobody. I mean, when you watch the news, it's so scary. But that's, that's how unforgiveness makes you feel. Very, very guarded and very, very scared. On a consistent basis, very, very concerning. Um, to forgive, avoid ruminating on thoughts of being wronged. Try not to play it over and over in your mind. It's hard sometimes, but that's, that's really, really um, hurtful to you. Forgiveness means to let go of hatred instead of allowing it to eat at you. When you learn to forgive, you are no longer trapped. Finally feel free. And I think that's what a lot of us are going after, that feeling of being free. Okay? What is forgiveness? Forgiveness. Now, I'm going to just give you four steps right here, even though I have a few more, but I'm going to give you four steps. What is forgiveness? Okay. Uncover your anger. Decide to forgive. Work on forgiveness. Release from the emotional prison. How do I reach a state of forgiveness? You know, how do we reach that state? Because we could talk about forgiveness, 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 right? But how do we reach that state of forgiveness? Forgiveness is a commitment to a personalized process of change. To move from suffering to forgiveness, you might, and let's go into this, first recognize the value of forgiveness and how it can improve your life. Identify what needs healing and who needs to be forgiven and for what. Okay Consider joining a support group Or seeing a counselor To work on forgiveness Acknowledge your emotions About the harm that was done to you And how they affect your behavior And work to release them Choose to forgive the person Who's offended you Move away from your role as victim and release the control power of the offending person and situation, uh, and that situation, how it how it has affected your life. Yeah, you know, as you let go of grudges, you'll no longer define your life by how you've been hurt. You might even find compassion and understanding, and we talked about that earlier. You know, sometimes literally that person that hurt you must be in some type of pain must be dealing with mental health issues might be you know dealing with trauma unresolved trauma childhood trauma just things that they have not addressed or dealt with so again when we talk about forgiveness we okay and and again when we're talking about people of faith it's a different conversation for my people of non-faith and science because forgiveness um It's not, reconciliation is not uh, one of the founding principles of forgiveness in people that are not of faith. But when we're talking about people of faith, reconciliation is really what it's all about. But now, when we talk about reconciliation, okay, it can be a really... Uh, sensitive topic, if you know someone is walking in repentance and change and have changed their life, okay, that is a person that uh, can be worthy of and should be worthy of if they really have changed of reconciliation, as hard as it may be because there's some offenses in your life that you don't understand. But, you know, I'm not saying that you have to be buddy-buddy and go out to tea every day. But I'm saying reconciliation in the sense that you can walk past that person, have a regular conversation and really actually care about the well being of the person. Uh, and maybe even checking out the ones in the blue moon. Um, if you if you choose to as well. Uh, but now when we're talking about other other um forms of forgiveness that don't hold you at a higher standard, um, those are the times that I hear people say, nope, you cut the off. That's not your ministry. You walk away. And I'm like, that's not God. Ew. Because guess what? When you did what you did and you know what you did a few times with a few people, with a few people, a few things, God gave you. And he threw it in the sea of forgiveness. And you reconcile with him and you be laying in the bed talking about God, I love you, God, I need you, God, hold me, God, flow through me, and God use me. But the person that hurt you can't, can't, they're not, they don't deserve that. But, hey, anyways. like I said, we have different forms of uh, forgiveness. We have the general public, and then we have the VIP. And so when we're talking about faith-based versus non-faith-based, science-based versus faith-based, I, I believe that there's a difference. But, all right, uh, so forgiveness, let me talk a little bit about some of the tools that can help you. Um, and let me just unmute these mics now. If your background's loud, please mute your own mic. And uh, and at any point, if you'd like to join, you're welcome to join in. If you have any comments or if you uh, just have a question or just make a comment or make a statement or whatever it is, feel free to join. Mm-hmm. Okay. So I'm going to share some tools for forgiveness, Okay. So we have here, one, become more aware of your own shortcomings. Become more aware of your own shortcomings rather than those of other people. Or try to put yourself in someone else's shoes. So basically, don't judge people when you know you're not even, nobody's perfect by God. I, just just stay quiet and just focus on yourself. That's what that means in a nice way to be input. Rather than focusing on other people, focus on yourself because you're not perfect and stop trying to look at what other people's shortcomings are, okay? So forgiveness may also mean forgiving yourself and feeling really, you know, and feeling sadness and remorse. Guess what? Again, we're not perfect. We've done, God knows what we've done. And after a while, some of the things that we've done, we can't blame it on other people we've sinned and we've fallen short of God's glory. And it's in the word, so it's not me making it up. But, again, guess what? It's okay to work on forgiving your own self, okay? And get through any type of sadness or uh, remorse. Work through those feelings for yourself. And number two, realize that when you forgive, you're not condoning another person's actions. You're not condoning somebody's actions because you forgave them. You're not saying that what they did was right. You're just letting yourself be free by forgiving them and accepting that what happened and maybe even who they are. You know, you're accepting them for for who they are. That's it. You're just forgiving them. Be grateful for what for what that person might have taught you. Everything happens for a reason, we hear that word very often, everything happens for a reason, everything happens for a reason, look, everything does happen for a reason, be grateful for what that person might have taught you, now you're in a position that if somebody else comes to you with a similar situation, you are equipped to handle that situation or to uh, support that person through their process. Let me share this with you guys. You know, there's a beautiful quote from Khalil i I'm sorry, Gibran, Khalil Gibran, who wrote the Prophet. I have learned silence, tolerance from the intolerant, and kindness from the unkind. Yet, strange, I am ungrateful to these teachers. So is the idea that the people you want to forgive are actually your teachers. Ludwig says, we can experience more peace when we can remember to be grateful in these often trying moments. Try simply saying, thank you for being my teacher and for reminding me how best to be. Okay? Okay. Look at the bigger picture and look at what you learned from the situation. Look at how God is going to use you for those people of faith or look how the world's going to come back around for people of not of faith. And look how you're still going to walk and teach and preach or be a speaker and just help people with your story. Look at the bigger picture That's the reminder, okay Forgiveness outcomes So let's talk a little little bit about that So forgiveness enables us To overcome anger and feelings of resentment Or a desire to punish or get even With someone who has crossed us Forgiveness involves changing your thoughts Feelings and behaviors In relationship to the offender Okay. When we forgive someone or being obedient to the word of God It is important that we obey The commands of the Lord And now I know this is not a Christian based um, Station so I'm not saying that They had anything to do with this But I am going to share scripture Because I am teaching tonight And so the scripture that I have in front of me right now is First Samuel 15 and 22, it says, Behold, to obey is better than sacrifice. Being obedient shows that we love and trust the Lord, that what his word says is for our own good. Okay. For the believers, hey, that's a word of faith. If you really, really, really believe in the word, then you're going to have faith in the word and believe that and trust God through that process of forgiveness. All right. By offering our burdens to the spirit of healing, right? <laughs> really burdens to spirit for healing, right? Uh, we learn how to leave irritation and stress behind. Because we, we uh, and I'm going to talk a little bit about, about believers believe that the burdens are to be given to God so that God can carry them for us. So once we finally get the burden off of us, which is heavy and it's hard to give over because it's really heavy. It's like, oh, I got to pick it up, lift it, bring it over, and then drop it. That's how we think. But God will come and take it from us if we really just say, God, come get it. God, please take it from me so I could just release this person from my spirit. But a lot of times we don't know how to do that because we're carrying this heavy burden. Um, Okay, what happens if I can't forgive someone? Let's talk a little bit about that because forgiveness can be challenging, okay, especially if the person who's hurt you doesn't admit that they're wrong. that's even worse. You're like, really? Like, you're so disrespectful and abusive. You don't see what you did. They're like, no, I don't like you. I don't spank you. And you're like, wow, this person doesn't even see that they're so disrespectful and offensive and abusive and disrespectful. But guess what? <laughs> There's nothing you could do about it. Again, forgiveness can be challenging, especially if the person who's hurt you doesn't admit the wrong. Right? If you find yourself stuck. Let's go over some pointers here Practice empathy Try seeing the situation From the other person's point of view Okay Ask yourself why he or she Would behave in such a way Perhaps you would have reacted Similarly if you faced The same situation Now you can also reflect On times you've hurt others And on those Who've forgiven you Because we all have and, and or done something nobody's perfect unless you god and if you're gonna tell me you god then i'm gonna shut my mouth write in a journal pray or use guided meditation or talk with a person you found to be wise and compassionate such as a spiritual leader who you may trust a mental health provider or an impartial loved one or a friend okay Uh, Another pointer here is be aware that forgiveness is a process, and even small hurts may need to be revisited and forgiven over and over and over again. Okay. Now we have, um, okay, I'm going to open up the mic if anybody wants to make a comment before I keep on going. Uh, if anything spoke to your spirit, please feel free to share if you have a question on how to forgive or a comment, or if you want to share a time that you forgave someone, or if you want to share, if you're dealing with unforgiveness, I want to talk about it. Let's talk about it. I'm open up the mic. Full on the line, but I'm not hearing anybody speaking. And when we have these shows, it's easier if we have a two-way conversation, because if not, I have to do all the talking. And even though I'm serving tonight, it is wonderful if I can have some support. But when we have these shows, we don't force people to talk because some people just come on to listen. They're just trying to get what they need to get out of the show or they're showing up to show support. And so whatever the case is, I see a few people on the line. Nobody's speaking and you're not, you don't have to speak. Guess what? Tonight. Maybe you just needed to listen, and that is okay. Um, So, just wanted you all to know that if you have a question or anything between, I welcome for you to join. Okay. All right. So now we have does forgiveness guarantee reconciliation? Hmm. All right. If the hurtful event involves someone whose relationship you otherwise value, forgiveness can lead to reconciliation. So we see that a lot in marriages, and we see that a lot lot in families. Um, A person betrays you at the highest level. Maybe they were with someone else, or maybe they uh, stole some money from you, or maybe they they, uh, spread a rumor in the family or whatever, so depending on the level of who the person is, sometimes that's when we gauge, like, okay, well, this is my foul, so even though they disrespect me, abused me, and, you know, kept doing this and this and that, I'm going to forgive them. I've been there, so I know why I'm saying that. And, or, and then also, um, you may also do that with family members, parents, you keep giving them uh, the pass uh, after they disrespect or offend you or abuse you and stuff like that. So this does happen. Um, this is this is not always the case, um, you know. However, a lot of times people don't go into reconciliation, but reconciliation might be impossible if the offender has died or if the offenders unwilling. willing. Uh
2: huh. Hey, I um I couldn't talk at at that exact moment. I just wanted to add something mm-hmm. on what you recently said. If that's okay. Yes. Um, So I know you were talking about um, like reconciliation. I had a bad relationship with my mom growing up. And I, I would say like the earlier part of my teenage years until like my late 20s, I went 10 years without talking to my mom. And I thought it was a really good idea because my mom triggered me in ways that she, you know, failed to understand. And no matter how many times i tried to tell her the therapy and also like face-to-face, she was just like not getting it. Um, and I would say I kind of broke the silence between my mom and I, I want to say like uh, in December of last year, And our relationship has gotten a lot better. She has not admitted to her wrongdoing, but I can see that she's trying to make some changes um, in our relationship. And it's just kind of hard when I wanted to punish her for how she treated me. But Mm -hmm. at the end of the day, I kind of, if people do wrong to me, I just never speak to them again. (laughs) <laughs> and I just find that I find peace in that, and it kind of messed our family up a lot because my family is very close. So we kind of reconciled back in December and just kind of, you know, I told her that I forgave her and, you know, that I want her to feel like we have a relationship. And I just said, you know, like we just have an ongoing like therapy together. So I just wanted to mention that and the reconciliation part.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, thank you for sharing that. As you were sharing that as a parent, my heart was broken. Um I felt tears come to my eyes, just the thought of that. Um, and I'm going through something similar with my daughter, uh, who's about to be 27 years old, Um I think, you know, that, like, I I really appreciate that you were vulnerable to share that you used that to punish her um, because it, it does punish the parent. Like, you know, if you, I don't know, if you, you don't have children right now, right? Do you have children? No, no kids. No kids. Okay. So, well, I have two grandkids from my daughter. So, you know, what happens is, you know, we want to break the cycle because the enemy loves – okay, and I'm going to tell you something. The enemy is the author of confusion. God is not. God is the God of reconciliation. So whenever there's any type of conflict and, and division in a family, the devil, I see him laughing, laughing hysterically, rocking back and forth with crackers falling out of his mouth. And he's ugly, too. So it's a real demonic attack on the family. Um, and God is a God of reconciliation. Now, I'm not saying that it's not okay for you to take a break. Sometimes you do have to take a break, and sometimes it might take a few months. Sometimes it might take a year. I'm sorry that it went to the point of 10 years because, like you said, it does affect the family because that's not what God wants. God doesn't want even a week. God doesn't even want a day of anger, right? But sometimes, because some people have right. been like and i'm i'm gonna, I'm gonna share something with you, um my mom, you know my mom, her mouth is spicy, uh, and I love my mom, but when you get to learn about your parents' backgrounds and you get to learn about your parents like some of the views that they encountered, and really, really, really look at the child for a minute, like just be a doctor for a minute, be a psychologist for a minute, put a little pen over your ear, and really study what they went through you start to feel bad for the person and that's what we were talking about earlier like sometimes you know taking yourself and and really feeling bad like dang you you a mess no wonder you like that oh you went through what you know when you really 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 like my mom's mom passed away when she was like unknown i'm sorry my mom's um mom uh abandoned her when she was around five so there are certain things that I expected out of my mom, and I promise you that I sit if I sit down with your mom and I get to and I hear your mom's story, I'd be like, oh Lord Jesus, okay, whatever.
2: all right, I get it now. So you know when you really you know, look at the Mitchell, child, I, yes, ma'am. Like right, like what you said there, like I I think the biggest thing for me, like just thinking about my mom in our relationship. My mom was 17 when she got pregnant with me. And she my grandmother was very active with her, but kind of spicy history where my my mom was a was a love child. You know, that came from a married relationship. Mhm. And my mom was kind of an outsider to my grandfather's other kids because they did not all share the same mm-hmm. mom. So my mom kind of grew up where she was entitled and my grandmother gave her everything. You know, mm. because she felt like she didn't do right by her and you know, her father was married to someone else and like it was a lot of a mm-hmm. lot of turmoil for that. And like that was my mom's upbringing where she was just incredibly spoiled. And when she got pregnant with me at 17 um, and had me at 18, she really didn't want to be a parent because she was still a kid herself. And I think that was one of the things, when I said 10 years, I meant like our relationship was not good for
0: mm-hmm.
2: for about 10 years. And I would say, like, I would talk to my mom maybe once or twice a year. And I live 15, 20 minutes away from her. <laughs> like, that's mm. how upset I was yeah. at her, and I couldn't mm-hmm. understand mm-hmm. why, you know, she would do certain things to hurt me or, you know, not mm. be very supportive. And I it took a minute for me to just say, like, my mom was young when she had me, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. she did honestly the best. That she knew how To do mm-hmm. And I do forgive her For those things that she You know has have done to me Do I forget them? No Do I kind of open that book every once in a while And look at the book of You know trauma And I'll say a lot of those traumas Carry <laughs> over to me As an adult And I kind of mm-hmm. look at a relationship With my kids When I do have kids how I want to be a better parent. And, you know, like, and just this might be trigger warning for anybody else on the call, but my mom would go into rages where she would just beat me because she was just so upset with how her life was going, you know, and how she had to stay home from partying, stay home from college and her friends didn't have kids and she was, not experiencing, you know, what a 17, 18, 19-year-old wanted to experience at that time. Yeah. And yeah. I became her source of rage. And yeah. at about five, I would say like five, um, I have very, I'm not going to say I have very few memories of my mom as a kid because I lived with my grandparents, with my grandmother, um, which is her mom. But a lot of the memories that I do remember have been bad, like just Mm. the relationship. And I remember when I got married about four years ago, I really made a vow to myself that I didn't want my mom to meet my kids. I didn't want my mom Mm. to be around my kids. I didn't want them to be exposed to the trauma that I went through because my mom is still trying to find herself but it became mm-hmm. a point mm-hmm. where I'm also saying I went through trauma my own self mm-hmm. and if you know I could be projecting this trauma onto my kids and I will, and it really took it really took some time where I would say when I was like 14 and I'm 26 I be 27 next uh in 2 months where I I would say so that was my last I love you to my mom was when I was like fourteen. When mm. I just wanted her to love me and I wanted her to care about me and she just didn't she just didn't display that and I had friends who had their mom's actors in their lives and I always felt like I was missing something. So I recently forgave my mom for just not knowing and not dealing with the traumas that she had. And I find that in me speaking in the black community that we don't talk about therapy. We don't talk about there's something wrong with this person or trying to get help. We are always kind of throwing those things under the rug and not really talking Mm -hmm. about some of those. And I think my mom had A childhood that Could have been bad I just don't know that it was Bad because we just didn't Really have those You know really have those Heartfelt conversations and As I am getting older And I'm thinking to myself Like when I was 22 you know When I was 17 and my mom Got pregnant I probably You know trying to Experience the world and trying to go out there and do things, and then you have these roadblocks, these decisions that you've made, and you have to live with them. And it's just kind of kind of bittersweet in a sense because I will say, all of my years, I failed professionally and from a relationship standpoint with people because of that trauma. I I failed and became a best a best version of myself with that trauma that I grew up in Mm -hmm. and now that I am getting rid of that trauma and dealing with that trauma I'm kind of losing that that spark you know that fuels me and it's kind of just kind of I don't know it's just like a bittersweet moment where all these years I've been so upset with my mom and I've just been in such a rage and I've used that to get promotions I've used that to really built myself up, I've used it to say, I'm not gonna be like you, you know I'm gonna do x, y, and z, and now I just don't have no gas <laughs> it's like i it's kind of like I don't know if you if I'm making sense if I'm just going around in circles, but no. mhm mm-hmm. that's just how like that's just how how like honestly and truthfully how how I feel where I feel like my My Not my dependability, but, like, I used to be so active, and I used to be so ready to conquer the world, and I used to jump out there and do these things because life experiences pushes people to do, you know, good things or bad things, and I feel like I have always been a good source of channeling that hurt, and I haven't been hurt like that, how my mom hurt me, and now that I'm forgiving her, it's like i kind of don't have nothing to really fuel me. You know, i don't know if that makes sense. I don't know if that makes sense. But that's what i'm trying to i'm trying to say where that that anger and that hurt got me where i am today. And mm-hmm. it's like without that anger and without that hurt, where do i go now? What what do i do cuz i don't have a why behind it anymore because that was my mm-hmm. why for so many so many years you mm-hmm. know and i just don't know well, i don't know what to do
1: <laughs> mm-hmm. no that's real and and thank you for sharing that because because that was really real let me tell you something so the why now is i'm not gonna be like that i'm not gonna do that and i'm gonna and and it's still ongoing it's still an ongoing situation like you you went through what you went through, you've forgiven her, but guess what? I'm still going to show you that I'm going to overcome this. I'm still going to show you that you you should have you should have treated me better before. I'm still that child, you know, because you're still proving to yourself that you are worthy, that you are worthy, that you're beautiful, and and that you're special. You know, God, you you were not just born by accident you were just like mm-hmm. oh you're gonna be born it's just an accident but it it you were born because god had a special calling for your life this special purpose for your life and that's why you attract god as you attract god god attracts you mm-hmm. you have a special relationship with god and now you know uh when it comes to your mom and i wanted to say this earlier too I want to offer you four free sessions. Oh, thank you. <laughs> I want to offer mean, you four I'll free thank sessions. You, Nancy. Okay. And if that includes mom. I really moms,
2: appreciate that. If that includes mom,
1: I, I would love to meet with your mom. And I'm going to tell you something. I had a client of mine's mom call me this week, and it was a lot of severe trauma, and they went through, like, cold, and all kind of stuff through the years, kidnapping. And mm-hmm. I say it was severe. It was severe. Oh. But I'm going to tell you something. My mom called me, and when we spoke, and I gave her some of what I'm going through because I'm, I'm the kind of coach and I'm the kind of counselor that when I talk, I talk and I share too because I want to, you to know I'm not going to judge you. Because mm-hmm. I'm not perfect. I'm still going through, even though know, God uses me, I'm still in the, in the battle. Absolutely. And guess what? <laughs> and guess what? The mom opened up so beautifully. And the daughter told me, it's and everybody, beautiful. she has three daughters. All the daughters told me she's never going to change. She's never going to change. By the time I was done talking to my mother, she was all the way changed. And, and you I, know, I,
2: man, I like, I, I got her. Dang, uh huh. And you know, like, my, my mom, like, the one of the main issues is that my mom, doesn't believe in therapy ever. And it's like we went to seven. We we had seven therapists, seven, trying to deal with normal. Because
1: they, (sighs) they, okay, what's wrong with the therapist? Let me tell you, because I went to therapy since I was a little kid. The problem is some of these therapies, they don't got experience. They just book smart. I I Mm -hmm. went to this college. I don't care what college you went to, baby girl. If you can't tell me that you know you're a parent, you got grown kids, you got, like I said, my oldest is going to be 27 in the next month, okay? If you can't tell me, I got grandkids, if you cannot tell me and I can't relate to you, you can't therapy me. Right. You can't counsel me. If you're going to tell me, oh, this is how you get through sexual abuse when I was five, and then I say to you, did you go through it? And then you say, no, have a like, girl get out of my face. <laughs> and that's so, so true, and true. That's you why. Said- they suck. That's, that's so Because we don't have people who look like us, at, been through what well, we've been through, counseling us. We have other people right. who go through counseling school because their parents were counseled, their uncles were counselors, mm-hmm. they have a doctor practice and this and then the other. But they're not qualified to counsel right. us. They just paperwork. Oh, I'm sorry. They qualified through education.
2: Right. And that's one And that's one of the things that I will say, like, my mom, I reached out to her. I want to say this was, like, maybe in November or October about, you know, going to therapy. And we'll talk about that. My sister um, <clears throat> was diagnosed with schizophrenia, and it was a lot mm-hmm. of hard <laughs> things doing with my mom, mm-hmm. and my mom therapy for her is admitting that there was a problem or mm-hmm. that she needs to talk about certain things, and my mom is is notorious for avoiding mm-hmm. talking about certain things, and it's just like I have had to atone for you know the things that I've done, and i just i I've, I've been thinking to myself, I have a very long commute from work." home and i just said you know my mom may never offer me closure or she may never apologize and i have to be okay with that i have to be okay and i have to be able to move forward you know and i in in the relationship and i just think that it starts from you know forgiving myself and saying that it's not my fault that my mom was like this or i wasn't a bad kid or you know Thank you weren't. You weren't. It, it's not, right. it's and that's,
1: not. It's cultural. It has a lot of, a lot to do with culture. When you talk about she has a hard time admitting this and admitting that, first of all, I would love, like I said, I would love to do a session with your mom and just tell her, like, hey, it's covered, mm-hmm. right? Aww, and so I'm I do on a session um yeah well i said i'm gonna give you four four sessions you could do two you and then two her right she mm-hmm. might need three so hey we might have to add a, you I need one, more than one. <laughs> well <laughs> you know we gonna and talk. Up. I think... I might, if i have to do five i'll do the five for y'all and i'll give you two and i'll give her three but i'm gonna tell you something i promise you by the time i'm done with your mom because i'm very raw and i go in mm-hmm. and i open up and so my type of counseling is very different than, because like I said, when I used, when I was like seven, eight years old and I had my counselor, I used to question them like, I, first of all, I was too smart for my own good. Uh, and and then I would interview them like, hey, have you been through this? Have you been through that? No, no, no. Man, once they did that, they were canceled in my book. But they used to try to study me like a lab rat. And I was a little kid. And I remember them like, oh, my God, you're so mature, so smart, blah, blah, blah. And they were like, you know, in their thirties or whatever, but they were just, they were just, they just had, they just had their parents who they had a
2: roadmap. But it's like I wanted somebody like me. And they
1: help me survive.
2: And they come from a different background, and they come from Mm -hmm. a different, completely upbringing. And it's like me and my husband talks about this all the time, where it's like. I I grew up in in a in a tumultuous household. Like even though my grandmother was that awesome grandparent and she made sure I had food and shelter, you know, the things that went around in our home was not always, you know, the best environment for me as a child and I grew up seeing a lot of things that I have had to kind of block in the back of my mind. And I remember telling my husband this where, like, I have a door in my brain of stuff that I just don't even want to deal with because I just see it, don't want to deal with it, put it in the back. Close that door and I don't ever go in that door. And I think that was where, like I said, for those amount of years with my mom where it's like I just, she would do something to hurt me. I would just add that, keep adding that to her file, like, okay, she did this. This is why I'm not going to talk to her. You know, she do something else. Or if I come around and I try to talk to her about something and she goes off on me again, I'm like, okay. And then it's just like using evidence against somebody else. And it's a perfect situation to saying It's like a courtroom (laughs) with me and my mom. Like, instead Mm -hmm. of us being on one team, I'm always, I'm always, Saying, "Mom, you did this to me," or "Mom, you hurt me. This made me feel this way." And I feel, I feel, I use a lot of "I feel" statements with my mom, and a lot of her responses would be like, "I didn't know I did that to you," or "You didn't have Um, a bad childhood." Hmm. Yeah. Well, it was stuff like like
1: that. But. It's hard. I think, okay, so I'm going to work with you and your mom. You'll be okay. Trust me. Because everybody, my clients love me. I'm not going to lie. Because I'm too raw. And they be like, girl, i would be like, look, no. Let me tell you what I did, girl. They be like, oh, my God. So that's what helps. Like, you sitting there in front of a little frissy little, you it's, you can't get deliverance from that.
2: You just cannot. But I'm going to, I'm
1: going to, I want to say you cannot.
2: Okay. And you're right, like, you you cannot, and that's one of the reasons why I'm just like, I just came to the conclusion where it's like, Mom, I love you, you know, I care about you, I want us to have somewhat of a relationship, and it's just like, that's kind of been it. And it's just like, we text back and forth, like, uh, she, her birthday was last week, and I texted her happy birthday, and I, like, sent her some money to go and, you know, do stuff. And it's just, it's this is something that I have not done in years. Like, I so haven't beautiful. done that in years. God bless you. And there you go. That's okay. Healing
1: one step at a time, baby. One step at a
2: time. one step. At a time. Um, do you um, have a faith? Or no? Um, so I, I grew. It's kind of complicated at this at this moment. Um, I do believe yep. I do believe in God, so I will say that I do believe in God. Okay. Well, that's good. All right. So I want to share. <clears throat> can
1: I share a couple of scriptures real quick, just for a couple of minutes? Yes. Mhm. All right. So, at um, so right now I have Matthew eighteen twenty one and twenty two. Um, So do you have a pen, or can you open up your notes on your phone? Yes. Tell me when you're ready. I'm ready. All right. So write down Matthew 18, Mm -hmm. 21 through Mm 22. It says, you do 18, the two dots up and down, and then 21, and then the slash 22. And then it says here, then Peter came to Jesus, and then, I'm sorry, then Peter came to Jesus and asked, Lord, how many times shall I forgive my brother or sister who sins against me? Up to 77 times, Jesus answered, I tell you, not seven times, but 77 times. hmm I remember one time <laughs> I was dealing with a, fa- a said family member. I'm going to say, who? And I remember saying, I done ran out of cheeks to turn because I done turned this cheek, this cheek <laughs> up here, and this bottom cheeks too, honey. I'm turned out. And I said, <laughs> I went off. I was like, look, I done ran out of cheeks to turn from the disrespect. And then I read that scripture, and I'm like, come on, God, don't do me like that because that, that's only torture
2: cheeks up here. I got well, mad. I I grew up a in New Zion, so like the church was pretty much my second home growing up, mm-hmm. and it's just like I. It's just you know when, when you're when you're a kid and you're going through things and you're really trying to understand, and it's like I I read the Bible from front to back when I was okay. a kid because I I went through a lot of things, and my grandmother was um, on the choir oh, and she was. Okay.
1: No, I said my grandmother too. She's the one that helped me uh, connect with God. Yes. it wasn't through my mom; it was through my grandmother.
2: Yes, and you know where, like, you know, they would just say like, "You gotta pray about it." And you know, mm-hmm. I just find that from like a generational standpoint, just speaking from mm-hmm. my family, where it's not that long ago that they were sharecroppers. Like my grandmother, South South Carolina. And when she was, like, 15, 15 from 7 to 15, they, she was in the field doing sharecropping work. Mm-hmm. And they really came from, you know, ten, ten, ten to, like, 16 kids, like, in a two-bedroom little mm-hmm. house. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know? Yep, and too. it's a lot of trauma. Yeah, that went through yeah. there. And my grandmother didn't deal with a lot of hurt. And I used to say my grandma was so gullible because she just, she would forgive and forgive and forgive and forgive no matter how bad these people would do. You know, thank God for our grandmama's better. prayers. Thank God for our grandmama's prayers. You, those the
1: ones, those you. the ones that were so angelic. And thank God for, even though they, 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 they have their testimony when they were bad because my grandmother, I heard some of the stories. I was like, "No way!" Because I didn't know my grandmother when I heard the stories I didn't about her with it
2: either. I didn't, I didn't believe, I didn't it,
1: believe it, baby. But God changed <laughs> them, and they were the praying grandmothers that got us through our generation. Our, our mothers, sure honey, they were. Because the stories and I heard about I my saying, grandmother, I'm like, not my grandmama, not her. <laughs> my, they were like, yeah, she used to be drinking, partying, dancing. Now, when I got when I got older, my grandmother was like,
2: church was a whole thing, pray or what? Honey, yes, couldn't tell. To, that's why, I, and I say like, and I come from. When I look at my grandmother, I think of resilience, and I think mm, of same man, same great power. You I wish that my grand to see me like that. Well, you know, because mm. I, I find that, like, growing up ha- growing up in that house with her you, Lord, Thanks and seeing part. her go through some of those, you know, some of those hard, challenging times, and she just mm. never, ever, she never gave up, you know? Mm-hmm. And it's just like I would witness her pray. Like, we used to pray together when I was a child. And when I got into, like, my teens, My teen years, we would always have a prayer where she would, she always taught me, don't ever go to bed angry. Forgive people and go to sleep. Because if you die in your sleep, you know, she's always say like, forgive, you know, forgive people. You don't have to forget, but you just be cautious. And it was just one of those things, like I said, like growing up with her, seeing how many times she would face plant in the ground. And she got it with a smile on her face, cleaned herself off, and she continued to go. And it's just like, I grew up around that. That faith. It is. And it's that that faith. And I always thought to myself, like, you know, she, no matter, it's just when when I think about my grandmother and my husband know how I feel about her, my grandmother is still living, but she's going through, like, some health issues. And I just feel like she is really, really my my rock, you know. Like yeah. she keeps me grounded mm-hmm. because it's mm-hmm. like you know to go through a lot of those different things, and she went through you know her own traumas with with her own mom. And and I'm telling she you, she used to mom, tell sit me down
1: with stories. grandma. That's who I need to sit down with grandma and have a talk because I promise, I'll be like, girl. <laughs> your grandmama uh, That's it Never mind Everybody else They they you know, went to she... They had to shut up If you want to know About a beautiful Grandmama
2: girl I I know And that's just the thing Like she has uh, Dementia now So she's not Her memory Okay my and stuff Is not Yeah, oh, My God. grandma Is oh. not Um And her memory And stuff like Isn't that good anymore Where's your grandmother <laughs> Mhm. Where is she? So she's in, my, her and my mom, they're in
1: South Carolina. Okay. I want to meet your grandmama and your mama. I'm going to have to go down there with y'all with Nori and whatever <laughs> and hang out one day. I'm going to go down there. I'm going to get a little hotel room, come bother y'all for a minute and go back to my bed. But we're going to do that. I, I we really going to make think,
2: that happen. Yes, ma'am. Because like I said, I really think, you know, like my mom, like just think about my like my grandmother, and thinking about my mom, like, I can understand how my mom became the way she is. Because, you know, mm-hmm. like, my, my grandmother, like I said, like, she was she was a secret baby. Mm. Okay. And that's just your a whole mama. another trauma in itself, just not feeling a part of a family. Your mom and like, a secret baby? Yeah, my mom was. So okay. I don't know That's if right. my grandma knew my granddaddy was married. I just know okay. that there's been a been a float. Just quite young and
1: time. dumb. First of all, she's uh, quite young and dumb, and they didn't have social media. So you already know they got know, away with some stuff. Because social media, did, oh, see, today,
2: don't do it, honey. But honestly, though, my mom, my grandmother was, my mom, my grandmother had my aunt when she was 26. And she had my mom when she was, like, 34, like, 35, somewhere Mm. in there. Like, she had my mom a little bit later. And I don't know. Like I said, there's been some rumors that I've heard from my granddad's side of the family where, like, my grandmother didn't know that my granddaddy was married. Mm -hmm. Because my granddad Mm -hmm. would go and see his his brothers because they lived on the same street. So my grandma just, you know, saw him and, you know, whatever happened. But when my grandmother got pregnant with my mom, it became a thing where she kept putting the sticks together. Like, why you only come over here at certain times? Like, why you don't answer like past... So my grandmother, Mm -hmm. this is what now, they, she didn't tell me this, but I found this out when I was in community college in a law class. And in this law class, we were talking about how to look up criminal history, and, you know, you'd be surprised. The lecture was, you'll be surprised what you find. And I looked, I knew my grandmother's birthday because I was her power of attorney. I knew her social security number, all that stuff. So I searched her in the... Sheriff's Department Day in the database, and I found when my grandma had went to jail. <laughs> oh granny, I'm a grandma. Grandma had had a waiting to exhale moment. <laughs> um, and she broke all the windows in my granddad's car. She was charged with vandalism. was a fiancé. She did. She went she she had a, a real big moment and I I read through the entire file, the court cases when she went to court and this was before her before dementia started bothering her. And I, right. I asked her I said, Grandma, I printed out all the stuff from the county, the sheriff's county and I bought it to her and I said, Grandmama, what you know, what happened? What happened? And she just said, Just so just sit down. We'll talk about it. And that's what she was telling me, like, some of these things and why she felt my mom is the way that she is, because she knew she was going to be a single parent from that moment when she found out mm-hmm. that he had a wife. Okay. She that's real. She didn't ask him for nothing. My mom didn't need nothing. And my mom pretty much didn't see her dad till she was older. Um, so she got. And he would come. Right. Yeah, and he would just kind of drop by the house during like holidays and stuff just to see her. But it, my grandmother raised her on her own, and she wasn't with my my aunt's dad. And my aunt is older than my mom, so she had already mm-hmm. had a child, and she was a single parent. And now mm-hmm. she had the second baby, and this baby was a single parent. You know, uh, my mm-hmm. mom. Didn't really have her parents. And it's like my aunt has an entire history of trauma that she tells me that happened, mm-hmm. you know, that my grandmother did. Okay. So it's just, I, I feel like, you know, when we look at trauma, trauma starts in childhood, you know, mm-hmm. and I, and it's not like people are traumatizing people on purpose. Like, it really is a deep-rooted issue that I had to learn because I used to think my mom used to do stuff to me on purpose because she wanted mm-hmm. to intentionally hurt my feelings. And then I realized mm-hmm. she's not trying to do this on purpose. I really think she needs to go to therapy. Like, she really needs to go get help, like, you know, and deal with it. And that's just like I said about the court documents that I had saw. My mm-hmm. My grandmother, after that, and before that, my grandma had never been stopped for a traffic ticket or nothing. Like, she was the most law-abiding citizen ever. And she was going to church and she was doing all these things. But when she had my my mom and she found out that my mm. granddaddy was married, mm, she, did, she did that whole Jasmine Sullivan type mess up everything. And then she never got in trouble again after that. That was the only thing on her record. She never went to court or, like I said, traffic violation. Because she turned her life
1: around. Now, wait a minute. We're down to two minutes, so I'm going to close out, and then I'm going to call you okay. separate. Okay. 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 And then we're going to do the four sessions that I offered you, and then we're going to come back and talk about it, because I know it's going to work.
2: So there thank you, go. you. I appreciate
1: that. All right. You're welcome. So I'm going to say this part again. Um, so Mark 11, 25, it says, and whenever you stand praying, forgive, okay, if you have anything against anyone, so that your Father also who is in heaven may forgive you. And you cannot expect God to forgive you if you're not willing to forgive. Excuse me if that's what, if you don't believe that, hey, that's scripture right here. Another one, um, we are, are going to um, see, what is this one, Matthew six fourteen and 15, which says, for if you forgive other people when they sin against you, your heavenly father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others their sins, your father will not forgive you. Okay, and the lesson I'm going to share right now is for the honor of your name, O Lord, forgive my many, many sins, and that is Psalms 2511. And there's many other scriptures in the area of forgiveness, but I want to um, just remind you all, okay, let me see, Philippians 4, 6, and 7, Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God, and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your heart in your minds, in Christ Jesus. And we're down to 23 seconds to say goodbye. So I just want to say to everyone, thank you for joining tonight. Thank you so much, um, Alexis, for sharing your testimony. And thank you for um, being just such a wonderful person in the kingdom of God. And guess what? We're not perfect. We're not perfect. We're telling that testimony. And we will continue to do that. Thank you for sharing. Good night.
2: Good night. I know
0: tomorrow Cause that's all